space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Hello. And we're talking about the latest episode of Picard, Two of One. Or one of two. Two of one. Two of one. Which is obviously a bit of a boggy pun. Um, oh, I assumed it was just a callback to the, to the Spice Girls, but... Oh, can you imagine... <laughs> When two was off one. Oh, that, that was At a least they weren't cheesy there. and used that for the song routine. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> you know, if they had, I would have had to have given it to them. Should have come out in, <laughs> should have come down in Union Jack dress and Oh, just, oh no, you see, look, I, we'll get into it, but like, I quite enjoy the musical bit, but I that's did, the only I way it could have got better. That's the it's, only way it could have got better if they'd could, sung the Spice Girls song. Exactly, it could have been a lot better. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, two of one, including Gerati's unexpected. Do we want to talk about the little uh, trailer we got this week? Oh, go on, give us the trailer. We got a teaser trailer for Lower Decks. Oh, yeah, yes, and- yes. And well, it really was quite dramatic. You know, you still got the comedy edge to it, but wow. Yeah, do you think like we're getting can... Star Trek 3? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it did end I mean, on, like, quite a dramatic cliffhanger, didn't it? So, I remember us talking about it at the time, and we were like, well, we didn't see that coming. But, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I so this think... is just, like, a whole new level, it feels like. I think, and I love it. Yeah, I think Lower Decks has earned... Uh, did you notice that you could hear the uh, Vulcan that we thought that we thought might uh, join the crew? Oh, could you? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Didn't then, notice, I think. Yeah. Did you see as well that the um, the cast of Lower Decks went to was it Mission Chicago the convention oh, we just had and they went wasn't in that uniform. A nice little touch. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, really I, good. I I just think that you know again like uh, they've earned their comedy chops. Most of the time I was with them a few times, like, and it's probably just me being a um, old Fuddy Daddy fan, but like a few times I felt they sort of crossed the Star Trek line a bit. But I'm mainly a huge fan of this. And just to see them being able to do something really big scale, really dramatic, and then mind the laughs out of that is just going to be so satisfying. Well, that's it. The thing, like, quite often comedy can deliver some of the best drama because you don't necessarily see it coming and it, it can be quite subversive and then hit you with quite incredible drama, you know, so... And animation yeah, as I mean, well. I mean, I feel like where the show, where Lower Decks lives is doing such kind of obscure and then more well-known <coughs> references to Star Trek. That's where it kind of shines the best. When it does dick and fart jokes, like... I, I know, again, maybe I'm being too pie-faced. That doesn't sit as well with me. Sometimes it gets too kind of like sex-orientated, but I, but again, I think I, that's more me having to live with I it than thought, anything else. I thought the Magato wanking his horn were funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Again, again, <laughs> funny doesn't mean it's right. Like if they do that in the Antiques Roadshow, yes, it would be funny, but <laughs> does it belong there? Probably not. <laughs> That'd be the most watched episode of Antiques Roadshow ever, though, if there was a wanking <laughs> yeah, Magato yeah. in the background. 
and in fairness, I don't give a shit about Antics Right Choice, so I'd love it. No, but I, I could I could appreciate why the core, core audience maybe wouldn't appreciate it as much. Yeah. Dear points of view, there was a masturbating alien in the background. <laughs> it was it was worse that. than when Terry Wogan wore those really tight trousers. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't actually, but I will I will Google it. Is it safe to Google? There was two kind of like points of view ones, which I particularly remember. One was when they had the Great British Baker from BBC One and you had this really well-endowed, really big oh, okay. testicled squirrel in, in one of the shots. You know, when they showed outside yeah. the tent and you showed this really big testicled um, <laughs> squirrel. And the other one was there was an episode of, I think it actually might have been points of view or something else which Terry Wogan had done. And he wore the tightest of tight trousers and people complained because you could basically just see everything. It, it was worse than the squirrel. Okay. Well, there you go. Anyone who's listening, fan of British TV, check it out. But anyway, back to American TV. Two of one, latest episode of Picard. Now, straight away, and I will caveat this by saying they didn't do it, so I'm letting it off. But people who've listened to this show for a while know that I hate opening teasers that are a flash forward and then we get X amount of days, minutes, hours earlier. And usually it's just laziness. However, the fact that they do it before each act of this show and... It It actually played in real time. Yeah, it played in real time and it creates a sense of tension because you're like, we're getting closer and closer to the deadline. The fact that they repeated this sequence and it became a motif in the episode tells me that it, it the episode is structured and is designed to follow that structure rather than it being laziness sticking it in at the beginning. So I don't think it's I'm laziness. giving it a pass. I don't think it's laziness. However, I think it's probably because you pointed it out. I've been noticing how overused that trope is now. Like it's I been was used actually every really, show. really glad about this. Beginning. I didn't. This I, is what I the trailer was that I accidentally caught. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, just fair enough. I'm glad for you, but like for me, I, I again, it's probably because Jim had pointed out. Now I'm seeing it everywhere. This trope of doing the uh, yeah, hit it like dramatic scene, then flashing back. So when I yeah. saw this, I, it did put me off. And the the kept that they kept on flashing back to it. If anything, I w- personally, I wish they don't once the beginning. And then, you know, maybe they could have had a countdown coming on the screen like they do in 24. You know, it's like yeah. we're this time now, we're, we're now 10 minutes away from, from accident or, you know, whatever, well, something it. like that. For, for me, it worked because they did it like that and because they, they kept coming back to it. And it's like, oh, OK, it's a structural thing. It's not just we couldn't can think see of the anything argument. for the teaser. So, yeah, even though it's one of my most hated things in TV, I'm, yeah. I'm letting it go. Uh, You've probably ruined that trope for me now. That's well, the problem. I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've heard you talking about it. Don't watch like mid seasons of the X Files. They used to do it all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it, oh, that silly Vietnam one, and it's oh, he's disappeared. Ooh. And then it it sort of flashes back, and it's like oh, oh, there's been this assassin. You're like, well, is he going to turn invisible? Because I've seen him turn invisible in the teaser, so <laughs> I, I know he's going to be invisible. So you're not eking out a lot of tension here, anyway. Sorry, sorry, Jim. Spoilers. Yeah, oh, say spoilers before you ruin nineties the, TV. Oh, for the, there's there's at least two Vietnam episodes of the X Files. You don't know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> at least one of them Skinner, isn't it? Skinner was it? Yeah, we're all, Skinner always had his nam, his nam issues, didn't he? 
And yeah, yeah. yeah I think that, so yeah, the, the episode I'm talking about is from season four. It's called Unrequited. So there you go. That's the episode I've spoiled. So you can you can avoid that one. <laughs> we'll save, we'll I just want to point out I've not watched all the X Files yet. You well, have ruined it for it's, me. It's you know it's not a great <laughs> episode. You'll watch it and you'll go, that one yeah. won't great. Yeah, it, it is one of the cases where the writer's ruined it for you already. <laughs> yeah, you find out, okay, the guy can turn invisible at the start. I honestly have no excuse for not you having don't. watched it because no, James gave me all the videos. Yeah, you need to watch the X Files. It's good. awesome. They are really good. Apart from awesome. episode unrequited. But uh, but you don't know how he turns invisible. That's the twist. Okay. I, and I know we want to save most of this for our uh, retrick does the X Files later, but. One thing I will say, the worst episode they ever did was, and this is under a lot of competition in those last few series mm-hmm. when they had Gish and um, whatever the other one was called. Doggett. But it, uh, Reyes, Reyes and Doggett. Re- Reyes Doggett and, Reyes. and Doggett, Gish and yeah. Patrick. Yes. And it was the uh, episode where they did the numbers. So, like, numbers have meanings oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Worst episode by far. No, the worst Just episode... And I hate to say it is the one that Gillian Anderson wrote and directed, and it is just painful to watch. It's like, oh, you know how you've always wondered about whether Scully had an affair with one of her lecturers back when she was in medical school? No, no, I've never wondered about that. (laughs) Um, I also also loved in the last few series, they stopped trying to plot reasons for anything. Mm. It was just basically, Reyes would have a guess at someone going, could be a parallel universe, and it was a parallel universe. That was it. As soon as you guessed fair, it, with no logical reason. <laughs> Even in the glory days, that was what Mulder did. But it's just he sold it better. He was always like, it's a vampire. And then 20 minutes later, it turned out to be a vampire. But um, Okay, fair enough. But he sold it well. I'll excuse he that. Did. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did, yeah. He it well because he had all his books and stuff. And <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, we'll do Retrek Beyond does the X-Files at some point because that would be awesome. Oh, if there's ever a gap in Star Trek again, that's, yeah, yeah. There's we never going to be a gap in Star series. Trek ever, ever again. Yeah, there again. will never be again. Uh, so, yeah, Picard's covered in blood, flashes to the past, 38 minutes earlier, and as you say, I think it's not cool. It's in real the time. 39 it, minutes. It, yeah, but that includes credits and recaps. Yeah. And well, it, it's given you that time with the credits are included. You're meant to watch yeah, the credits and the time works. So this is, yeah, which is what they did on Roughly. 24. Um, and yeah, we're back uh, picking up exactly where we we left off, and it's Gerati's all chained up. We know she's got the Borg Queen with her, and we find out like whatever the Borg Queen's done to her then has given her advanced strength. It appears because she can break out of this thing, which it makes sense if she's got nano probes and yeah, and it's because she's also, got the nanos inside her. Mm. She needs the Queen to control them. Also, I, I think the Borg Queen might be working on behalf of the male viewers of the show because in that um, very, very, um, shall we say, revealing dress... She had the boys out. When she jumps up and down show. on the seat. I mean, it does seem like this was written for the men in the audience. I'm just mm. saying. <coughs> well, they, they do draw attention to it, don't they, that she's making more of an impression this time than... She made yeah, an impression like, on me in that scene. That's I've just rewatched say. it for... The third time this no, week. No, you have, yeah. Sure. And there's something I picked <laughs> up. just that scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something I picked up that... <laughs> like, you, you get where, you get where the queen's been manipulated her. Yes. Where you heal little bits all the way through. You're stressed, calm down. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. people yes. are noticing you. 
Yeah. Oh, have a yeah. drink. Enjoy yeah, it's yourself. Very, it's and very clever how it. it you don't realise the first time watching it what's happening. No, like she I says, agree. all this nervous tension, and you need some endorphins, and yeah. Because I, I sort of love it when, um, when writers are clever enough that you're shouting on the screen, it's like, oh, why would the Boar Queen do that? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why would the Boar Queen want her to do a musical number? And then they reveal why, and you're going, I love that. I love Because they yeah. make you feel like you're being superior than them, and then they prove that yeah, they... Yeah, it was. It was really clever. I really enjoy that. Like, they've done that on uh, Doctor Who a few times, and it's just, I I love that kind of thing of like, uh, oh, yeah, you've, you've that's such a plot hole. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And we, we get the classic, um, they often do it in things like like 24 and Jason Bourne and things like that, where you, they scan the identity card and it doesn't go through and then somebody's uploading at the same time and it's run it again. Yeah, let's put it. And it yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cliche, it's but it always works. It, it's very cliched and you know that it's going to work in the end, just in the nick yeah. of time. Yeah. And, and it's and, always and... the... Like, I do like how the Queen sort of um, goes to Girati, well done, but don't you think it would have been a good idea to get him to take the cuffs off first? Yeah. Because <laughs> I also feel like in this episode they really did um, do a lot of tropes. Mm. However, like I only object to tropes <laughs> when that's all there is. If you're using a few tropes along the way, because we enjoy tropes, let's face it, they can be kind of fun. It can be fun for the ID swipe, you know exactly what's going to happen, but it's enjoyable as long as the rest of the plot is bigger than that. Yeah, I mean... It's when yeah. tropes are all they've got, then it becomes tiresome. Yeah. But that, mean, that was not the case here. We, we talked about it last week, how this this is essentially... The setup and everything is like a heist movie, and that's what we're doing, is we're playing out those tropes of it, like the security guards are after them, they're scanning the key card. I mean, the most ridiculous thing about that is, well, why didn't they just not join the queue until she said she'd done it, you know, that, yeah. but because it's not fun if they do that, so... There's no tension in that. Sorry, Jim, they're joining the queue. No, oh, sorry, I'll... Yes, I will I will make it more American. They join the line. <laughs> join the line. We, we call lines queues. So there we go. Um, and there, yeah, we get the next flash forward, so 26 minutes to go. And we get a nice, like, Picard having a chat with Talon and everything. Can we just address Pixuave? Yeah, I'm gonna call very. It Pixuave. He, he very looks much so, so amazing. That man can wear a dinner jacket. He, he, he looks just stunning in this They're episode. all in it this episode. I mean, we've, we've discussed Girati in the dress, but um, I like Rios, how he's just like Mr. Cool this episode. Uh, but I also kind of love the fact that because Picard's, I think they've they've gone for the suave route with him, as you say with with him, with Reyes. They've done. He's like, yeah, just the cool dude. He thinks he's James. But it's Bond like the writing. Yeah, one. the writing, but the writing kind of works for each of them. So like when Picard's doing it, and she just a couple of lines he does to um, whatever character the Gary Seven Talon. kind of mashup, Talon. When he's talking to Talon, I love the way he's going. Like she, he says like. Uh, Maybe you're not ready to let go. And mm. he just delivered those lines just so smoothly. Imagine he just, she, put, oh. she gets one over on him when he's talk, when he's when they're talking about Laris and she goes, Who is Laris? And he goes, Oh, no one important. <laughs> ah, thank you. Now I know what you look like when you lie. Yeah. He's not... And the chemistry between those two is so good. Yes. And it's like again, it's just everything is is perfectly put 
for Patrick Stewart to just knock it out of the park. And you can see why he is considered, um, you know, in the, the sexiest of men at, at his age is because he can just fucking deliver. Like, no, yeah, oh, even I fancy I mean, him a little bit in this. <laughs> and I'm not into men. No, he's, he's very good, is Sir Patrick Stewart. It's, yeah, the as I say, everyone sort of feels like the... They're in the in their element a little bit, like say with Rios, and he gets a real cigar, and he's just really chuffed about it. And yeah, and have you seen this? How much is coming yeah. above? <laughs> the great thing is, he walks around with his cigar in his hand. It's like you're not allowed to light that inside. So it's just purely an affectation. Well, well I was off to say, there's this one again that he never lights it, and I said that like when he was on the stargazer with the. Mm whatever type of cigar that is, because it's obviously not, no, it's not, not a real a... cigar. But he never lit that. They're not allowed to show smoking. Yeah. So yeah. that's Because it. it'll alter the um, rating. But also, like, in practical terms, you would not be allowed to smoke inside no. at, at this sort of gala thing anyway. So he'd have to go outside anyway with his cigar if he wanted I to. I liked how he was grabbing bits of food and all that, and he was excited. And I was thinking, yeah, but... They eat quite well, and then it's yeah, but it's all replicated most of the things that they mm. eat, and yeah. and this is obviously showing that as good as the replicators they have are, there obviously is a big difference in the taste of. Ah, I mean, there is actually some uh, canonical stuff for this because when they went back in Times Arrow, you had uh, Mark Twain talking about a holographic cigar or sort of drink or whatever it was, and he was talking about how it doesn't taste quite right, and then it was uh, Troy who had to sell him on the fact that. Well, yeah, but look at what we've done this future, and he had to admit it's like it's it's worth the sacrifice. Yeah. So we know that replicators aren't quite dead on. You know, they do a good job, but they're not exactly the same as the real thing. Yeah. So I kind of love that it kind of ties into that, you know, thing that we've already yeah. established. Yeah. I no, just want to really say though, that it's, it's it also gets back to like we're well, yeah, sorry to harp on about this, but just the Patrick Shear of it all. It's it, it's what I was saying last week. Of I felt like I wanted him to be delivering lines like Picard in the part, you know, Picard when we knew him on the Enterprise and all that. But what they've really shown me this series is if if you write the lines correctly and he delivers it in his voice now, which has aged as anyone's does, you feel the Picard. You feel like even though he's grown and he can now talk about emotions in a way that younger Picard couldn't. You just know it's the same character. It's so well done for yeah. that. And I just want to applaud them for that it's, writing. It's a very sort of layered performance as well because, yes, there is all that, but the, there's also this undercurrent of an acknowledgement that he's not a young man anymore. And because of that, he can show a vulnerability that he hasn't really before. And also he's... He's not the captain. He's not having to jump into action as such. And so the, it's definitely an older Picard, but an older Picard that feels organic to the Picard that we knew before. You know, it's... It, I Completely mean, yes, he's a great actor, you know. Well, I mean, but the argument I heard when we <laughs> when I was watching the first series, and I'm, I'm really sorry, I know I lay into the first series, but I'm, I'm not doing it just for the sake of it. It's just by example. Like when, when the first series was on, of Picard, and I didn't get that feeling. People always said, it's like, oh, well, it's so many years late. You know, the people who are trying to defend it, even though I felt like they didn't feel it really, like they were going, it's like, oh, yeah, but it's 20 years later or whatever, however many years it is. It's like, yeah, but still I want to recognize the character, and I didn't. 
in the writing this series, I really do. I mm. recognize the same guy who's just matured a bit. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And just to move away from the people who are enjoying themselves at the party then, I really like that there's this little moment with Rafi where she goes to the bar and we know that Rafi's been an addict in the past and everything and we've not done a lot with it this season but it was quite big in season one and just you can see just that little moment they have with her going to the bar and you know she yeah, wants she a drink the but she knows next to her and then he goes I'll have a club soda. Yeah, it's just oh, really good. Really you could it. see with the barman as well. He, he real he, the barman knew what was going on yeah. there as well. He went, "Yep, yeah, no problem." Yeah. Oh, I want to rewatch that look scene. In I his missed eyes. it. He had that look of acknowledgement. I know that you. Yeah, I could see what you're looking and what you've ordered. I know your problem and I know what you're doing. Yeah, well done. And it's it's really well done. Just a nice little scene that doesn't take hardly any time at all, but is just a little character beat. And then we get Rafi notices that Rios seems quite sweet on the Doctor, Teresa. Do we think Rios is going to stay in this time period? Because they're laying it on thick that he's the one, he's loving the fact that he's got the food, he's got the cigar, he's met this woman. Is he going to stay behind? I think I think they're layering it up so that when the moment when he has to leave, so he will consider it, he will want to, and then last minute he'll have to leave, and that will okay. be the emotional hit. And I think that's what they're lay laying up towards. Because I think when they're only doing three seasons, I don't think we're going to lose any cast members. No, I think no, we're going to keep the cast right the way through. I don't know. Yeah. The cast is pretty stacked next season with the um, announcements. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would well, love a bit of jealousy between the I crews. know that we're all excited and all that, but... To get the next gen crew, but I hope we don't get ten episodes of it being just the next gen. I'm quite enjoying this. Oh yeah, you've got to do just that we've got here. You've got to do just as much as I want to see them. I don't want them to take over the show. No, I want a sort of generation style, you know, crews meeting up. Like I know in generations it was really only the captains, but I would love to see that kind of like uh, you know two crews meeting. That would be really you want fun. like. And but as you say, not maybe for the whole series. Yeah, right? I kind yeah. of agree. Avengers Endgame style. The... Maybe, a well, two, yeah, maybe... maybe a two parter in the middle of it where they go on a mission to do. Some oh, I think it's. It. I think it's towards the end. I think at the very end you needed to be the Picard crew to do justice to the story. But mm. near yeah. the end would feel very satisfying. And maybe leading into it, you get the um, like uh, next generation crew mm -hmm. kind of peppered in here and there. Then you get the big team up, and then maybe the final battle is all of them as well. Because yeah. there's a final yeah. battle where you've got maybe the Enterprise, they, they've got that album off ball, like just for a real fan service next to the um, the ships of today, you know, like the Stargazer or whatever else. What, the Enterprise A? Yeah, Enterprise A, they've got that kind of, you know, because, I mean, let's if face it. If you're going to do it, it this is... That's the time to do it, isn't it? Exactly. It I mean, it was really nice that we saw Riker commandeering a ship, you know, like, you think I'm going to let you have all the fun where I make pizza? No, unfortunately, you do. Anyway, that's not the point. But it felt like that should have been the Enterprise, really. Mm. It should have been a ship. Oh, should, oh that well should have been it. the uh, Titan, the first time we saw the Titan. Titan would have been, been nice. Yeah. I think the, I think it was deliberate, though, and I think the saving the Enterprise, I do, I do think we're going to get it in season three. <laughs> but if you... 
to, to Elliot's point, if you made it the Titan, that would have gone around it very nicely. That's the ship he It would have done, but then people yeah. would have gone, oh, it's a bit unbelievable that he manages to get his ship. Well, okay, if we're going to talk about unbelievable, <coughs> no, why do you think suddenly... The admirals uh, have the pick of the ships. And it's true. To be fair, the Titan is Riker's first command. That would be his ship. Yeah, true. His ship would have been the Enterprise. I would also like to point out, if we're going to go unbelievable, he's just sat on a planet for like years making pizza and then suddenly he goes hey i want a ship and you know stuff like yeah, sure, it works that's the I way mean, it works it's a bit fucking ridiculous as it is let alone with you know all i'm saying is what people are gonna do um anyway so renee picard then she's drinking a lot and picard obviously is talking to talent about this and he also does the oh well she does spend a lot of time on a mobile device like yeah everybody does that which she yeah <laughs> Spot on. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, we do. It's a fact. <laughs> we can't get away from it. You're probably watching us on, a, on, listening to like, us on a mobile oh, device. You know, he gave this little look. Oh, okay. Come look. <laughs> yeah, like, well, we don't because we need 93 different pads for every different bit of information. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it, to stop people. If you have everything on one device, all you do is sit there with your one device, whereas if it's on 27,000 different pads... Yeah, maybe... Yeah, maybe you could have a point there. Maybe it's been done deliberately yeah, in the it's future. To, Let's get away from social media. Yeah, it's to stop us all melting our it, brains. It's read on to all the different... Everything's on something else. Do you know yeah. what I really enjoyed, though, was just the fact that um, the reaction which Picard gives, and I know I've always got a Doctor Who parallel to any scene that happens, hmm. but there was a scene in Day of the Doctor, which was the 50th anniversary special of Doctor Who, and you've got John Hurt there as the war doctor, and he's meeting his past, yeah, past yeah. version. So he meets David Tennant and um, Matt Smith, just for anyone who doesn't know. And he goes like, um, like he, um, David Tennant snogs, uh, snogs a woman, it's the queen. But yeah, and he goes, does a lot of it, does this happen a lot in my future? And Matt Smith goes, yes, it does start sneaking in a bit. And he gives us, oh, and it's the exact same look that Patrick Stewart gives yeah. in the scene. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Well, they, they probably went to the same same Shakespearean, you know. Oh, they did. They used to, yeah. like, they, they knew each other. They That's friends, obviously yeah. something that we, we learn in Shakespeare school. So, yeah. um, Dr. Soong then makes his appearance and there's a really good charge scene between him and Picard where I'm loving nasty Brent Spiner. I'm really enjoying this performance. Yes, yes. And Give him more different stuff to do. It's great. Yeah. and the, it's, some, it's a flavour he's never played for. Yeah, I mean, he's done Law, but Law was much more pantomime, whereas this guy... Yeah. This guy's yeah, really... Arch. This guy's really desperate. You know, this is a nasty guy. Yeah, this guy. guy's proper dark and... Yeah. Like you say, he's got desperation. Yeah, it's... I think but it's not a, necessarily evil. He's just doing dark things because he, he's desperate. Yeah. But th this is a great performance, and it's it's one of them like, wow, you need to get Brent Spiner in more stuff as villains. This is really good stuff. Because let's face it, 80s slash 90s bad guy was kind of a bit more Shakespearean of that big over the... Or, or sort of the... Like in BBC dramas when they were doing Shakespeare in the 80s, okay. it was always these very big, oh, I am a bad guy. And it was very <laughs> kind of like that. And I think he was just playing the style of the time. Now to get him actually playing uh, evil, uh, evil. Yeah. Who played the sheriff? Alan, Alan uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman. Oh, the God, such a great performance. Now, that's the best over-the-top villain ever. Oh, he ruined that it's for wonderful. everybody. Yeah. It's wonderful, but so <laughs> it of its time. You couldn't do that now. 
You couldn't and should, shouldn't do it now, but when I watch that, I love it to hell. Well, I like, love... And I love... I love Brent Spiner as law, but it's just not yeah. this. What this I love about really... the well, the, I mean, the sheriff is brilliant. But if you, if you go back to Die Hard, there's a moment in Die Hard with Hans Gruber where Holly calls him um, a thief. She says, "You're just a petty thief," and he says, "I'm an exceptional thief." And since I'm moving up to kidnapping, I suggest you be more polite. And <laughs> That all he took that moment of Hans Gruber and dialed it up to eleven and did a whole film of it. That you, you can see that line from that little bit yeah. of Hans to where he went with the sheriff, and it's yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but soon he's on the board, and I presume this is going to play into further episodes because if he's on the board, is he going to try and get Rene removed from the mission for some reason? You know, so I, I'm assuming. I know he uses it here to get Picard chucked out, but I, I'm assuming this is a seed that we're gonna. He's gonna be more problematic to them as a yeah, member of the board. Yeah, he isn't finished here. Yeah. Now, when the lights go out, Picard goes, "Okay, now we can go." It's like the lights have only dimmed slightly. Like the, if these security guards were after Holo- you, I think it's Holo- Hollywood. Um... Lights have gone out. I think the lights have completely gone. Oh, but black we can see the around Picard still. and his team. Yeah. So they can't see him anymore. But there's lights for um, Girati coming down the stairs. Yeah. And it's all still lit up perfectly fine where Rene is. Yeah. The, the way it <laughs> it's looks. Selective, is... it's, like, it's a selective blackout. Yeah, because the way yeah. Picard does it, like, whoa, now we've got cover of darkness. You're like, not really. I mean, come on. <laughs> It's the lighting equivalent of a stage whisper. Hey, you, yeah. over there. As, as long as you do that with your hand, you're good. Yeah, you know? I think that's what we've got to accept for this. But it just it tickled me in the moment because it's like, yeah. come on, let's go. It's like they can still see you. Do, do you think they know what they're doing there, though? I think they know they're playing on Again, it's that thing of the um, tropes of a thing. It's like, Maybe, so when they yeah. do dim lights on TV, you can always see what they're doing. But in the reality of the show, you know they can't. Yeah, yeah. And also heightened reality then. Girati appears at the top of the thing, starts singing, and they're right. She has got a hell of a singing voice. Somehow the band knows to accompany her. She's <laughs> um, yeah. singing yes. Pat Benatar, and Pat Benatar's a lot bigger in the States than she's over here, and musicians would be aware of the I'm music. I'm sure they would be, but the musicians, like... Plus, I think um, at an event like this, you'd have a pretty good band. And I think they'd just be able to start jamming anywhere along. Yeah, the but if you if you walk in if you walk into most places singing, you're probably going to get chucked out rather than the band starts playing along with you. Yeah, but I it's because you came down from the top of the stairs as if it was meant to yeah, be. Yeah, so they're like, oh, it must be part of the show, right? <coughs> Maybe. I just, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother they... me. I'm happy. You know, I just think it's a bit daft. The way they fit it in, though, both the before that they need distraction, afterwards that they use that as a reason why the Borg takes Borg Queen takes over her. Mm-hmm. It was gr- so well grounded into the episode, and then just the fact that it's a, a lovely song, beautifully performed. You know that doesn't hurt at all. Her in that dress again, sorry, but you know I noticed. Uh, yeah, it's just it's all so perfect. And then when they do the bow, and then she gets up, and you see the Borg next. Yeah, to her, that's next brilliant. Time, so well 
placed and done. That's why I love this. It's just it yeah, so no, good. I, I just, I'm yeah. totally happy with it, but I can't see the silly sides. But I but think... you know what? I mean, there's so many things you could have done wrong to make this look cheesy. It was it was such a minefield they went through for this to work. I just want to give them the proper oh, yeah. credit that it would be so easy for this to be cheesy. No, it, it works for me and I enjoyed it, but I, it, I can see the daft elements to it, but I don't think it's worth getting bent out of shape about when it's this much fun. Yeah. But Yeah, and this is the fun episode as well. Again, you're playing with tropes, you're having a bit of fun with it, but also mm. um, continuing to drive the plot forward yeah. in a really good way. It's the best of both worlds, if you'll pardon oh. me. And it's like I said, this is where... Like I said, this is where the Pog Queen turns around and goes, well done, I needed them endorphins. Yeah. <laughs> and That's this... been my plan all along. And like I said, when you watch it back, you pick up all the way through. She is. The and... Pog Queen keeps doing and... this and pushing her to be happy. Yeah, and she's going, you seem nervous. Like, go have some fun. Yeah. Go get a drink. Do this. Yeah, yeah it's really, really, really good. Even where she pulls um, Rios and, and kisses him. Yes. Yeah. Part of it as well. Trying to give her a bit of a rush, but obviously Rios yeah. just don't don't do it for her in the same way anymore. So yeah. bit of a shame, but there you go. Um Picard again, maybe there's a deleted scene or something, but under the cover of darkness, not only has Picard escaped, but he's managed to get an earpiece and a name tag as a security guard. Yeah. Um Maybe there's a deleted scene. The wine. I think there's maybe a slight deleted scene here where either Rafi or Seven have taken out a garden. Got yeah. You know what though? Or, Put the scene back or, in. This episode's only thirty-seven minutes long. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's also the um. Again, sorry, I'm, I'm going to forget the uh, Laris's uh, name. Yeah. Talon. Maybe she kind of like because she seems to be able to fabricate stuff. And yeah, stuff maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's lots again. Yeah. It's. It's one of them where you can fill in the blanks yourself. You can go, okay, he's, he's got this stuff from somewhere. We don't need a scene saying this is where Picard got this stuff. The scene I would have added in here is when... Um, uh, fuck, you just told me three seconds ago. What is my Talon. memory like? Sorry, Talon. Talon, uh, when she hacks into the device to see what she's doing on her phone and she sees Q's like, giving her advice, I would have liked a little Q moment there. That, like, you know... There is so little mm. to to disagree with in in Picard this season. I have to pick up where I don't like it because it's just there's, there's so if he sent her a little too. video just just to it get would, a little. It would have been nice if she that. was on the phone and talking to him, and you had his and he voice was at least. doing his silly voice. No, I don't think she yeah. should go on the mission. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been a nice little moment? Because I feel like the and, only thing I have felt like well, not not did, that I'm did, not that I did say that it's only in six episodes and it's been in five. Hmm. Well, that's my feeling. It's like I do want a little bit more Q. I think now I'm ready for a Q-centric episode. Yeah. Because okay, the guest appearances have worked so far, but you do need one meaty Q episode. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And this is the point that Rene should have realised. If the silly accent didn't do it for her anyway, that (laughs) this is not a real psychologist because they charge by the hour. If he was answering you texts, that would be like a thousand dollars a text or so. I'm presumably NASA or whoever it is are paying for it. But yeah, it's like th- this guy is billing you for each text that's going through if he's a real psychologist. It's probably Elon's mission, not NASA. Ah, uh, yeah, he can afford it then. 
And, and I love the fact that, like, uh, Q's messaging Bex, like, nah, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> What's he saying over text message? Q would totally, he'd be in his element here. So I reckon Q would be on, like, all the dating sites and he'd just be catfishing people. That's exactly the sort of thing Q would do. <laughs> so he'd yeah. probably love the uh, early 21st century. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then we do get, I think we talked about saying we were expecting this last week. Picard does give Rennie a pep talk, which I think is really good. And like Beautiful. I said last week, it's I a love... Good, it's a proper Picard pep talk it as is, well. yeah. Because he makes her feel good about herself, which is quite a skill. It's it, it's not empty words that he's saying to her just to jeer up. He. He takes her and builds her back up, and he does it in a very short amount of time, which is, yeah, brilliant. And the other thing is, I believe Picard of uh, Next Generation Time could have given a speech which would convince her to do it. However, the speech we hear now is the Picard from now. You know, he he has the emotional depth. Yeah, to that's to it. The specific speech he does, it's whereas a- like Picard from the past would have done all about honor and duty, whereas he talks about feelings and how. He was inspired by looking up and all this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a and different it it's a different approach from an older, wiser man, you know, and that's like we've said, that's the, the great writing coming in. And the only time when he gave any speech like this was in the last episode, uh, all yeah. good things when he said about, you know, I know, you know, you have doubts about yourself, about the ships, but I know you're the finest uh, crew in, in yeah. the fleet. It's just that was the closest they ever became because it was the last episode, so they had the license to do it. And you feel like this is the expansion on that Picard that we saw. What it episode. comes across to me is that it's it's a man aware that he's at the end of his life, not necessarily literally, but uh, even though he has died at this point, you know, this this, this is a bonus life. But um, it's a man who's at that stage in life and wants to impart some of that knowledge. It's like, I, I've seen all this and I've felt all this. And if I can help you get to a better place, I will do. And I think that's brilliant. I mean, like, if you look at the movies, it's so funny because in um, the first of the kind of uh, the original series movies and then the first of the next gen movies, they all talk about how old they are and how kind of like uh, I'm very aware that there's more days uh, behind me than there are yeah. ahead. And now you look at it through the lens of him being 20 years older from that, even more poignant, and you get to really kind of uh, Yeah, well, that. that's it. He said that in Generations, but I, I, I feel like he's feeling it now, and that's different. And But then Dr. Soong, the bastard, runs him over... And see, that that was really good. This is where this device of having the flash forwards, I think, paid off because you see Dr. Sung starting a car up and you go, he's going to run Picard over. And, you know, that works. That creates a dramatic tension because you're like, right, I can see how these bits fit together now. And, of course, he does and everything. And maybe shouldn't have driven off. Maybe should have made sure you got him. Or even though it wasn't him you were aiming for, it was her. So it didn't do so well, Dr. Sung, actually. But there we go. Yeah, and they they do play on the fact that even though he's doing these things and he's knowingly doing it, you do get the feeling it doesn't sit 100% right with him, which is Mm. good. You get that emotional kind of like complexity. Yeah, he's like, I have to do it. He's a a bad guy and he's very dark. 
but he's doing it for reasons out of desperation. He isn't mm. actually an evil character. No, it's happened. He's more a desperate false. guy than an evil guy, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 And I like the way, obviously, we find our way back to Teresa, but I do like how it's logically built up to that because it's like we can't take him to a hospital because he hasn't got ID that they will check you for at a hospital. We could take him to the med bay, but we need an actual doctor to diagnose him. So we've got to go back to Teresa. So, yeah, well done. And, and by the way, let, let me just be the SJA, the social justice warrior of the group here. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw myself in that particular grenade. But I love the fact that she calls um, uh, Rail Summit, saying, like, yeah, basically, what's the effect of, yeah, cheers for bringing your old white guy who, just because you're in a bit of trouble yeah, when, yeah. when I'm trying to really help people who don't have access to medicine. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I do. It really highlights Get me up in the middle of really night when I'm away. trying to look after a kid. But but notably, she does do it. So she's a good person, you know. But, exactly. But yeah. I do like, it also I do like the little exchange beforehand. Has he had any, tra- uh, has he had any procedures? Yeah. And someone goes, he's had some transplants. Which ones? And then is there. All of them. All of them. And yeah. I, I still like, can I just do a callback to, to Jim's theory that he had everything else transplanted? I'm pretty sure it was you, James. You, James. It might have been you, Elliot, but he had all of his uh, trans- organs transplanted. Maybe they just put a real heart in it in place of the transplanted one. No, <laughs> I think we get the proof here that they didn't. That yeah, got I think. But heart. like we've said, is, yeah. it, um, is it a synthetic normal heart or is it a synthetic artificial heart i think it's a synthetic artificial did, did, heart. yeah because it just copied what was already in his body <laughs> yeah so it's a double double artificial a, heart it's because when she puts the paddles on him it blows the machine up yeah it does it, it kind of feels like what picard said about where they go it's like um yeah i gave you a um you know we made you exactly how you were before exactly the same age it's like well, he could have taken a few years off. Yeah, like, it's the same thing. It's like, well, he could have given me a real heart while you were at it. Yeah, <laughs> come on. If we're going to do it, let's, you know, I, it felt like that happens to me ever. Like, if I get golemed and come out with this artificial body, I want to look like The Rock when I come out of it. Like, you know. But... I just love the look on his face when he, like, again, actually, let's give credit to one season, one moment that I really love. But just when he gives this moment, goes, you could have taken a few years off. He looked almost so, so yeah. kind of like sad. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have minded if you were going to do it. You know? I'll do five seasons if you'd taken a few years off. But, <laughs> um, yeah. And then soon goes back home feeling sorry for himself. And I mean, arguably the dialogue's a little bit clunky here because we we need enough to plant these seeds that Corey starts to think, oh, hang on, there's something amiss. Uh, but I think he lays it on a bit thick with, you're my life's work, you're my life's work. He says it about four times in this little scene to make her go, oh, that's a weird way to describe your daughter. And <laughs> now she is suspicious. And this leads to, I'm not sure, that this is my theory, because rightly a lot of people have been saying, well, this is ridiculous that a young lady has not Googled her dad before. I'm assuming, though, when she goes to that computer, she's looking over her shoulder. I'm assuming she was not allowed in this room previously. Yeah, and she's not had you access program it. to this. You program it so he, she has a blind spot in her memory. You program that she doesn't see what you don't want her to see. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it, I, I assume she's not been allowed access to... Yeah, I think you're right. She hasn't been 
allowed access. And this that's probably closer to what you need to do for the plot because you need her to then see it later. So yeah. If you program it so she can't see it, you then have to work around and it a bit more. It's much more expedient if you say that. Yeah, I think it, it's got to be that. He's, he's kept her in a bubble away from the outside world deliberately and she's in that moment aware that this is something she's not been allowed to do before. And now she oh. Googles him and finds out all this stuff. I, I'm just going to pick you up on one point, Jim. It's a bit too early to say the term bubble and us not get triggered. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, fair point. Yes, I forgot about us <laughs> bubbles. Uh, yeah, that was... Oh, dear. See, we're, we're dating the podcast now. We're still in post-COVID recovery. <laughs> well, especially... Yeah, especially as opposed to... Uh, how the news has gone in the UK. Oh, don't even know. We'll be on for hours if we start on the, the UK news this week. Um, yeah, so basically, as we speculated last week, she is a genetic experiment. He's done many of them in the past. And this one seems to be doing better than all of the others. But as we know, Q's helping her not fail. And I, I so that's setting up lots of nice conflict to come in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. I'd also just like to add to what you were saying. You're right. that He does lay on thick, but you also get this really nice performance by Brent Spiner of someone who's just gone psycho. Like he's just, oh, yeah, he's, he's lost so it at this point. He's openly saying to her, it's like, you're my life's work. You're my life's work. I actually buy that he would say that because he's so messed up yeah. that he's just talking openly when he knows... Previous to this, he would not have talked talked openly about this. And but he's just been taken over the edge by a mix of Q pushing him in the wrong direction, which he was able to go in. But he's not an out-and-out bad guy, so he's still mentally the, fucked up from that. To the best of his knowledge, murdering an old man is what he thinks he's done at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think yeah. that's why he doesn't lock this door to the wherever it is she goes to Google him. I think he's just pissed off and goes to bed. And that's why really she's got... I think he's gone over the edge. He's just really had a break from reality. Mm -hmm. He's got so fixated on, this is the only thing I've got to do. When he kills someone, he can't emotionally um, come to terms with the fact that he's done something wrong. Instead, he just fixates on the fact that this is my life's work. This is what I'm doing it for. So it's okay I've, I've just killed this guy because of this. So he's not thinking in his right mind. So when he goes into the room, yeah, he doesn't lock it. He just yeah. he's, he's out of his head. And then, so Picard then, we, we're getting this set up for, it, it's, it's a mental thing. He's not coming out of the coma, but he should be. All the, all the signs are fine. Yeah, we're going to have the fantastic voyage. Yes. Or what it, <laughs> and I want it. <laughs> what it reminded me of, the setup is there's an episode of Buffy, season five. The penultimate episode of season five. So the episode before that, um, spoilers for season five of Buffy. Um, Buffy's had a bit Thank of a rough, you. a bit of a rough year of it in season five, and it all looks like it's all going to go wrong. The world's going to end. The bad guys kidnapped a sister, and Buffy just goes into like a catatonic state at the end of the episode. And the next episode, Willow has to use magic and go inside Buffy's head and help her work through a trauma in order to get her to come back out. And I feel like that's what we're doing next week. We're finally going to find out what this trauma from Picard's past is. We're going to deal with yeah. it and we're going to get him back. I think um, this is also going to play towards um, helping Girati out with the Borg Queen. Oh, yeah. How? Because I think the, 
this, um, ah. what she's doing to going ahead is going to be, because I, I still go with the Borg we saw in episode one is Girati. Yeah, I think so. That I does think she's mixed yeah. with the Borg Queen. Mm -hmm. But to get control, Talon is going to have to go into Girati. Yeah, and use the same technique. To be able to let her have, con have the control over it. Yeah, good one. And have the Queen's powers. And that's nice. Mary, that's a nice way of doing it because you're introducing the earlier. The ship is going to be this version of the Les Arena. Oh, okay. I like it. So I think because she, she's going back to the ah. ship, I think she's going to assimilate it. So let's take it one step further then. The anomaly that the Borg ship comes through in that first episode is actually a rift in time. And the rift in time and uh, dimensions. And the crew are on that Borg ship. Yes. That's how they get back to the present. Yeah. And Q Ooh. is... Picard is uh, paying penance because he's allowed this um, evolution of the Borg mm -hmm. with Girati being in control of the Queen mm -hmm. or, so, or an amalgamation of the two. And he said, don't provoke the Borg previously in Voyager to his son. True. And I think this amalgamation allows them to be able to fight the Q. Ooh. Which is why Picard is paying penance for making this possible. Making a Q beta. In the past. And his, and his powers are weak. And we know Q's in, in the next series. The time dimension loop is Q. Mm. And we also know Q's in the next series, so that leads into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but oh, I like it. His powers are diminished because yeah. he's stuck in this loop of Making Picard pay penance <laughs> for what he does in the past, mm -hmm. which he goes back to the past again to do what he does. <laughs> yeah. Jew's got himself okay. in a cause and effect loop. Can I say, first of all, sorry, Elliot, genius. Fucking genius. But I've got to call Jim on something. You, know, you were saying about the Buffy plotline. I like it. But I've got another pitch, another 90s TV show where they had an episode where they had to go into the mind of someone else to try and make sure that everything was okay. I'd give you Red Dwarf, Gunmen of the Apocalypse. Oh, oh. <laughs> now, if we get a Western they episode... They go into Crichton's head. <laughs> yeah, if we get a Western episode next week, that would totally surprise me. I'm expecting an episode of Buffy. If we get an episode of Red Dwarf, I'm even more down for that. So I, I, I would love it if it and... was so stylistic. Because the one good thing they... Again, another great thing they've done is... Every episode seems stylistic to something. Mm. So one seems stylistic to um, uh, the, uh, oh, sorry, not the Enscoff Country, um, the Voyage Home. Mm -hmm. One seems stylistic to like, you know, a heist kind of thing in a dinner party. They, they've done these iconic moments. Yeah. Why not have something which like, you know, when they're in someone's mind, like when they did, when they visited the Q Continuum in Voyager, there was always a metaphor. Oh, if we're going to do it, let's do it better, though. I, I, no, no, oh, no, I'm just no. saying, though, though, that one was a Dust Bowl dirt town. Yeah, the other one was, was um, the, the, the Civil, Civil War. The Civil War one was awful. It was, but I like the idea behind the it. The concept so is one, good, did, and yeah, that's what you've got to do. Western or War or something else. Yeah, that, I, no, I, I think it's going to be Chateau Picard in the past. I think it's going to be Picard's childhood, and that's where they're going to be yeah, metaphorically wandering around. And Yeah, I think we're going to find out all that stuff. Yeah, it's that going to, would be a really tight way of doing it, because you get a four of the plot, you get to answer the plot line they've opened up with Chateau Picard and his past, his childhood, and 
maybe have Picard be uncomfortable, but knowing he's got to go through it. Yeah, like it's going to be one um, of them, Vails. like something's going on behind the door, and it's going to be, why won't you open the door, Jean-Luc? And, you know, eventually it'll be, I'll open it and we'll see what happened to my mum. And... Oh, and then you echo that later when Reyes has to decide to leave the past, even though he seems so tied to it, and he's got to make the decision to let go in the same way Picard would have done earlier. Yeah, I'm making that decision there you to open go. the door. Oh, oh, this is sweet. Okay. See, see, yeah. see what good writers we are. If you give us just over half a season, we can come up with the end of it. We couldn't have done this from scratch. Although, Elliot, I'm sticking with my, Elliot, sticking with my yeah. theory at the moment. I think you're right. I'm just going with what's going to happen next week. So I think it's Mind Palace, Chateau Picard. Um, and I, I am heavily leaning towards your theory that the bo- the Borg ship we saw is La Serena assimilated and that is how they get back to the present and they're yeah. on that ship. And, and me, me and you, Jim, we needed half a series. I'm just going to take my half right now to Elliot. He had this theory right from the early Yes, doors. true. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And then obviously we get that tease right at the end of Gerati walking into Gerati slash the Borg Queen. Yeah, I think she's off to do a little bit of assimilating and have a bit of a Borg army. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And yeah, so I I think what we'll do next week, um, I say we as if I'm somehow involved with the production of Picard, but I think we will get the Picard Mind Palace, but I don't think you can do that level of surreal and shit for a whole episode. So I think B-plot is going to be whatever Gerati's up to. Yeah. And maybe the rest of the crew realise she's gone, go after her. So I think they're, they're the two strands we're going to follow next week. But with how surprising and brilliant this season has been, it could be something absolutely different next week. So Yeah, we've still got, I've, I've still not worked out how we have to bring Elnor back. Mm, well, they did say if we fix the timeline, does that mean Elnor's yeah. alive? So they, they've planted a seed that that can happen. Yeah, like I think when the go- when we get the episode one again, they've got to do it slightly differently. Yeah, I think they have. Can I also like, they've got that- to go into it sort of knowing, right, this happened last time, so we need to approach it differently. You can't yeah. just beam over as the Queen, because then we'll do that and that. I think so. I'd also add to that, Laird, that I think that um, I don't think they purposely written him out of the series. I think that guy had some other filming commitment, but they didn't want to disclude him from future series. Maybe but so, it gave yeah. him this great opportunity to pepper him in, mm-hmm. have a good reason why he's out of it, have that emotional heft of why they're doing it. So I think they play the ball as a late. That's just a guess, but I, I reckon so, he had some yeah. lessons. It, it has also been shot during... Um... Covid and he's Australian yeah. on New Zealand. Ah, that's a very good ah. point. So he could have been uh, stuck literally in a country. Yeah, that's a very. And they in did fact, the right thing by him. Yeah, and you know Australia and New Zealand had it sussed out, so they probably didn't want someone coming to America to bring it back to them. So yeah. and and can you imagine? There's so many series who have just gone. Oh, you're not available. Okay, you're not in well, this anymore. You just die. One of the so, um, no. one of the most shocking was. Um, the Netflix series Glow about the the lady wrestlers, um, which was a pretty decent show, and I loved it. they they started filming the next season, filmed one episode, shut down for COVID, and went, oh, you know what, you cancelled, 
and didn't I even... I didn't know that. Did they yeah, film an episode? They, they filmed an episode and then the lockdowns hit and then they went, you know what, we can't be bothered. We'll just cancel it how it is. Which... I, I didn't I, even know that. Yeah, yeah. I know shows get cancelled and that happens, but not usually just because you can't be bothered resuming production after... Crazy. Because I, I think, of it, I mean, just to add to that, I know <coughs> that their viewing figures were on the bubble. Like, Netflix never really... We don't know what on figures. the bubble is for Netflix, well, but yeah. Well, what the... But co- it was kind uh, of revealed co- that they co- were Cowboy never... Cowboy Bebop with 78 million viewers. <laughs> yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme and reason to it. It's all, it's all to do... It's not to do with viewers, it's to do with what they think, what their algorithm tells them will encourage you to subscribe for... Yeah, so, Cowboy and Bebop, apparently with that one, because there was a lot of fan backlash because they loved the original and it wasn't, you know, it was either too, the, too much the same, it was just shot for shot, or stuff they invented people weren't a fan so of. It's, so it's, I think that was based on predicted series yeah, two Yeah, it's viewers. one of them that they've gone, yeah, they've watched it for season one, but if they're not going to renew the subscription for season two, it's not worth... Anyway, there you go. The Netflix, very weird policies and they will never tell us what the view figures are and everything so we just do not know um but what we do know is picard's going to be back next week which will be episode seven episode seven so seven to go flying by and we'll be back to talk about it as well so if you want to get in touch in the meantime Check us out on Facebook, search for Retrek. You can tweet us at RetrekPod. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. These videos of these live episodes are available on YouTube. Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios on there where he's building all sorts of things. <laughs> yes. And Dr. Squee, you've got the Dr. Squee show. Yeah, I uh, took a week off this week because I've been, um, yeah, uh, uh, had viewings for the uh, housemates uh, at my house. Uh, my, uh, I'm trying to cobble together something for next week, so we'll see if we're back on. But usually it's on every Tuesday, 6 to 8. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm now going into the Easter weekend, so it's if I can book a guest. Yeah, Easter weekend's <laughs> coming. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank Bye-bye. Fascinating.